Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg, Meg Brunson. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome Louise Brogan to the show. Louise works with entrepreneurs to help them figure out how to market their business online in a strategic, organized way. Louise is the founder of Social Bee Academy, a membership with focus, accountability, and community backing up a really great training on marketing your business online. Hi, Louise. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. I'm really I'm delighted to be on with you today. Oh, me too. I'm excited to have you. So you're joining us from Ireland. Yes, from Belfast in Northern Ireland. Yep. So I'd love to hear about how you built your business. How did you become an entrepreneur? Because I know that your dad, that wasn't what your parents really wanted from you. No. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, so I am now um, in my early 40s. And my dad actually passed away um, at 59 when I was 30, about 30. So before he died, I actually, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was, a, I had a very good job as a software engineer, actually. Um, you know, I did, I did my master's in computing and I went into software engineering. I had a really good job. But my dad always had his own business. Um, he had a car and van hire company called McKay Cars, which is his, our family name. When we were growing up, he always said to me, never work for yourself, never work for yourself. You know, it's much easier just to go and get a job and leave work at the end of the day um, and go home. But it was just really fascinating to me that now it turns out that not only have I my own business, but so does my sister and so do two of my cousins. So we have all got the entrepreneurial streak in our family, I think. But I started my business whenever I got pregnant with my first daughter. So I have three kids who are 12, 10, and 7. And when I was on maternity leave with my first daughter, and my father actually passed away when my, my daughter was only five weeks old. So I think that really triggered um, in me the desire to do something different, to not just do the corporate job. It was a combination of things, really, Meg, because I had a small baby. I just lost my father. And I was just having this one of those big life moments. You know, what am I actually doing with my life? And it all kind of spiraled into me starting up my first business, which actually wasn't social media. It was a craft shop. Um, so it, was a, <laughs> it wasn't a very good business. <laughs> what was it that made it not good? Oh, I didn't make any money. I didn't know anything about business. I was, you know, my, by, the time, by the time I had my third child, I had three kids, I had the craft shop, and I had a part-time job as a project manager in IT. Um, and I was running all, all of it all together. Um, it was only when I changed over, I, I closed the craft shop down because you know, the turnover was fine, but all my money was going into paying for 
staff to help me run the place and getting products in, all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't really paying myself anything from it. Um, And a business advisor said to me, you know, this is not really a business if you're not actually paying yourself a salary, which was very common sense, really. But at the time, I, you know, I was thinking, oh, it's going to turn a corner. It's going to turn a corner. And it never did. It was actually that person who said to me, you're really good at what you know about social media. Would you not think about that as an option for business? And that's really where my business came from. And so Social B was about, so that's the name of my business, was about two years old when I finally um, was able to leave my corporate job. And how I did that was I saved everything I earned in the business. I saved until I was able to quit the job and have, to be honest, a, a much easier life because then I just had one workspace, which was my business, and the kids, as opposed to trying to juggle everything all at once. So it's all, it's all really worked out so much for the better this way. Thank goodness. And now the business that I have now is about, it's coming up on five years old this year. Oh, congrats. Thank you. You've been three years corporate free. Yes. Any regrets to that? Regrets? No, not at all. Um, so my, my job, because it was part-time, and I, I, I kind of, I've written about this in the past, because it was part-time, I was only able to go so far with it. Um, you know, they talk about equality and all that kind of stuff. But actually, when you're a part-time mum in, you know, I had a really well-paying job, but part-time mums, they, they didn't have the opportunities for us to progress much further. Um, and I was told that if I wanted to go any further, I'd have to be full time. I didn't want to be full time because um, that, at that stage, my kids, you know, they're all in what we call primary school. Um, and I wanted to be here in the afternoons for doing homeworks and stuff. Really, people ask me, do you ever regret leaving? And I'm never, not for a day. Um, no, I love, I love working for myself and the flexibility it brings you as well. As an entrepreneur, I really love so how do you balance things now? Like you said, it's easier because you've only got your one job and then your family. Yes. How does balance look to you? So I work when the kids are at school. So I'm quite lucky now because my kids are, like the youngest is seven. It's much harder, I think, whenever you know, you've got one at nursery school and one at primary school and then one at secondary school. So I suppose in America, that would be the equivalent of elementary middle school high school all that stuff whereas up until last year all three kids were at the same school and then now my eldest has gone on to what we call secondary level um, education so that basically they're out of the house from nine till three you know I get the my daughter I drop my daughter to the train in the mornings and then I get the boy I walk the boys to school with our dog we have a cocker spaniel dog who is he's a lovely dog and I love dogs but he's hard work You know, that means I also get out for kind of my exercise, walking the kids to school. And then I get back, it's about half nine and I start work then and I wrap up usually at about half two in the afternoon so I can go down and um, get the boys. And then it's all about homeworks and dinner and after schools, clubs and all that kind of stuff. Does your husband work a traditional job? Yes, he does. Um, yeah, he's a business analyst in a law firm here in Belfast. And, okay. You know, that's probably, that probably gives me the freedom as well to be able to stay as an entrepreneur like I you know I earn I earn more money now than I did in my project management job and working for myself but there's definitely if I didn't have um, a partner with a good job yeah it would be a lot harder I think a lot more pressure Um, and he's very supportive of my business as well in fact we met on the computing master's course that's where we met 
So we both started off in IT and we always said that we could never work together because we just, oh, we couldn't sit together at the same computer screen. We would just, just argue about stuff. <laughs> so when I ask him for, you know, sometimes I'll say, what, would you take a run through that, you know, that sales page and see what you think of that? And then he'll say, but do you really want to hear my opinion? And I'm thinking, not sure that I do, but, you know, let, let me hear it anyway. And then sometimes we just have to go, right, okay, do you know what? I'll take your opinion and I'll go and think about it myself over here for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you need that separation. Like you yeah. love each other dearly, but you still need your own time, even if it's just to do your own work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, I hear that. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your your job now. Like I know you said it's called the social B and you do social media, but what exactly does that mean? What do you do for people? Okay, so I started out actually running um, social media accounts for other people, for other businesses. Um, but it's really transitioned now into teaching other people how to do it themselves, especially if, if it's, if it's a, you know, one or two people in a business. If they actually can understand how social media benefits them and marketing their business they're the best best person to sell their business online I that's my that's really what I've learned over the years so I focus more now on teaching people how to use things like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter but also I help people with blogging and email marketing and growing an email list and all that kind of stuff that a lot of my um, clients and customers especially online um, are quite new to um, technology and social media. So I did a breakdown of the demographics of my um, my audience, and a lot of them are people who are over forty, feel that they don't have the confidence to use social media, and all they you know they just need a bit of help and a bit of training, and then you know they're off and running. And that's really I like I do a lot of workshops as well. So there's the online training. I do workshops in terms of I actually help people with LinkedIn as well. And in terms of that, that's quite a good earner for me because it would be corporate companies that would bring me in um, to train maybe like a whole team of staff. Um, so you can imagine that a, a corporate company with you know, 30 to 60 people or whatever in the office have a much better budget than maybe a solopreneur who's just really starting out and wants to learn how to use Facebook. So my business this year, I'm really focusing on growing my online, I've actually developed an online community, a membership site for people to learn how to use online marketing um, and then do more workshops and do over more corporate training accounts as well. And I think if I can get those three streams running smoothly, um, then it'll be be a really amazing looking business by the end of this year. That's the plan for 2018. Sounds like a good goal. Yeah, yeah. And how did you learn everything that you know about social media? Oh, I'm a bit of a geek, I think, Meg. <laughs> I'm a bit of a geek. I think that might be my favorite answer. <laughs> I, I'm just really interested in it. I like learning. Um, I like reading stuff. I consume a lot of content. I, I've also invested a lot in myself. Things that I didn't know how to do, I paid to learn how to do. So I paid to learn how to create online courses. And I paid how to rate, like I had an email list before, but I wasn't really doing enough with it. So I learned, I paid um, for training on blogging and growing email lists. That was maybe probably about, oh gosh, about two years or so ago. And it's really paid off. And I think that's, I was talking about this with somebody earlier today, investing in your business and yourself 
are really going to benefit your business. It's really a no-brainer mm-hmm. because you can, yes, you can go to YouTube and read and watch a hundred videos of um, different things, but then you get distracted and you don't stay on course. Whereas if you actually, I have found what's worked for me is buying a course and working through it and learning how to do stuff. And I suppose last year I did a, I launched my own little course on Facebook for business. It was along that model. Um, but this year I'm switching over to more of a membership model because I enjoy being in parts of the, in those communities myself. And I think that's something that my own audience would really benefit from. So how are you going to structure it? Will you have like different, will you focus on different platforms every so often? So like you'll have like a Facebook week or Instagram week. Yeah. So I have, um, well, I've got, you can't see, but I've got a big whiteboard behind me and I've written down all the topics. So it's not, it's, I've got every month is going to be like a in-depth training. Um, and I'm actually kicking off with blogging because I think to market yourself online, you need to have, create your own content and whether that's video content or podcasts or blogging, you need to start creating your own content um, so you can give out your own voice. Uh, so I'm starting with blogging in the first month. And then um, I'm going to go into looking at Facebook. And I know that most of my audience want to know about Instagram. It's so popular. People really want to know how Instagram can work for their business. So that if that's not the second month, it'll definitely be the third. And then email marketing. But alongside that, I want to do like smaller, what I call mini trainings on how to use things like Trello and Asana and 17 Hats and all these other little really cool pieces of software that can really help somebody who's working on their own that they maybe don't necessarily know about. So then that kind of takes back to my corporate role where I was really training people how to use software and IT, being able to explain things in like a nice, clear, simple way. That's really, I suppose, my USP for, um, for the online stuff. And I know you mentioned a couple programs right there. What would you say are some of your favorites? Like what's the one program that you literally could not continue with your business without? Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I use me Edgar for my scheduling. I do too. I love it. I really like it. And I know it's, you know, it's pricey compared to other uh, things out there in the market, but I think you get what you pay for. And I think it's a really great tool. I use Trello for organizing projects and I actually use for my podcast bookings, I'm using 17 hats. Don't know if you know of it. Yeah, I've dabbled in it. I'm using Dubsado. I don't know if you've heard of Yes, I've heard of it too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I really like 17 hats. And I, I, I thought that I would use it for more, but I'm just using it for the podcast booking. But it works out really well for me. It's very clear, cut and simple for me to do that with it. And I also thought that I would use it for bookkeeping, but I'm not. I've gone back to using Zero for bookkeeping. And probably actually, uh, along with Meet Edgar, Zero is probably the one I use the most because that's how I send out my invoices and check that I'm getting paid. <laughs> it's important. That's very important. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not a business, right? Right. All of these little programs are important to mention because they allow us to automate processes and keep things organized and work more efficiently. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're trying to do it all, there's just not enough hours in the day. No. And and how would you even keep track of what you're supposed to do every day? It would be really, really difficult, especially unless you have a team of people who are doing all those tasks for you. Yeah. But then they would probably be using all those software tools. Right. They would still need a tool. (laughs) Yeah. To keep in touch with them. (laughs) What are, what's like your favorite platform to teach about? Oh, Facebook easily. Easily Facebook. Let's throw out some Facebook tips then. What would be some of your tips or advice for 
entrepreneurs, parent entrepreneurs listening? Okay, well, I think that people need to, if you go right back to the basics, having a page for your business and not trying to promote your business through a personal profile is definitely a big one. And when you get your page set up that you fill in all of the detail that's in behind it. So, you know, your co- even just your cover photo and your profile picture, how people can connect with you. And a lot of that detail that's in the back end, I think some people miss out on. Then when you have your page, another thing I've noticed inside Facebook groups, so I have a really, I love my little Facebook group. It's got about a thousand people in it. That if somebody says something I think is really interesting, so say it's like a female coach, and I think, oh, I'd like to, or a VA, I'd like to know more about them and their business. And I click on their profile picture, and it just takes me to literally their private account, So that, which is absolutely fine. I can just see their updated profile pictures from the last six months. But they haven't written anywhere what, where, how to find out where their business page is. Right. I don't necessarily want to ask them for their information because... You just want to stalk them first. Well, I want to know if they're any good. <laughs> no, I, no, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. <laughs> I think that is something that a lot of people miss out on. But then actually on the page as well, um, being consistent and showing up, um, having a message for your audience, not selling constantly, remembering that it's actually about your audience and not about you. Um, I think a lot of people, not that they don't realize that, they don't think of it that way. So you need to think, what does my audience want to know about as opposed to what do I want to talk about today? Um, I think that's really valuable. And I am now um, consistently doing a Facebook Live every Friday. And I know a lot of the people that I work with and a lot of people inside my group are terrified of doing video and doing, especially doing Facebook Live. But I think that once you start doing it and get used to it, you know, you kind of get over yourself and you can, you can manage and you definitely get so much better reach with using video and live. And if somebody doesn't want to go live, you know, they could do a video and post that up and start, start there. And you definitely get much more engagement with people, I think, whenever um, you're, you're using video as opposed to just necessarily, you know, really lovely quotes that you like. Yeah, video definitely is performing better. And, and you just have to know that people don't expect perfection. I think that's important to remember, especially with live. Yeah. In a sense, I think people like to see, I don't want to say that they like to see you make mistakes. I mean, that's not quite what I mean, but they like to see that you're human. Yes, exactly. That you're real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you see some of those professionally made videos and you're like, yeah, all right, that's not real life, you know? You don't connect with that person, do you? Right, no. Whereas last Friday, I because it is winter here, it's quite dark. And I've discovered that if I turn, um, if I bring in my little kitchen table, it's so funny, my kitchen table and set it in the window of my office and then have my computer on it. So literally I'm, I'm looking out this bright white winter landscape. So half the time I can't see what I'm looking at. But the winter landscape is then shining in on my face. And I was like, oh, this is really nice glue. So, you know... Like I, that's what I started talking about on my live last Friday. And that's what people commented on. They didn't comment necessarily on the stuff that I was telling them about, about social media. They are more interested in connecting with me, the person. But once they connect with you, I mean, that's got to be a, a good gateway, right? So now they've connected with you as a person, they're more likely to 
connect with you on your business level. Yeah, and they're more likely to then like your page and then come back and see what else you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. And I've, I've seen that pay off time and time again. And then the people that watch your video, then you can target them specifically with your Facebook ads for the number of people who've actually watched your video as well, which is a really um, nifty little trick once people are further down the line with their abilities and stuff, obviously. An effective tool to reach people who already know you. Yes, absolutely. And you podcast on this topic as well, right? Yeah, so my podcast is only, um, like when we were recording this at the start of January, my podcast is only 14 episodes old. And it was interesting because I, I said, I'm going to interview women entrepreneurs. And I do ask them about social media during the interview, but it's really, it's more been about their journey into entrepreneurialism so far. So I thought what I would probably do, and I think, you know, podcasting is, is pretty new to me as well. What I think I'll do is talk a little bit more about how they're using social media. And then I think maybe one in four, I might do like a solo episode on how I'm using the online marketing stuff to help me. And um, so it's like a little, like a teaching episode in between all the interviews as well. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it goes. And then I actually, because I haven't recorded any of the podcasts with video and that's another thing I'm thinking about doing as well. So I can repurpose them and put them on YouTube and elsewhere as well. I try to repurpose everything. And that's why I really like, I'm going to jump back a minute, but I like that you're focusing on blogging first in your community yes, because it gives you content that you can then repurpose and, and slice up in different ways and use it. Yes, absolutely. And then even, you know, if I, like, if I write a blog post about something, that can then be the topic for my Facebook Live that week. Okay, so I'm trying to blog once a week, and then that's going to become the content that I can then slice up, as you say, for Twitter and Instagram with little quotes and stuff. And then um, that could be the topic for my Facebook Live every week. These are the plans. <laughs> whether or not they work every week. <laughs> right. But it's it's good to just talk it out too, because I think other people may not see it that way. Like it seems overwhelming. You see people and they're active on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all these platforms. And the thought of creating all that content is overwhelming. But when you take it back a step, it's the same content. You're just dividing it up. And then if you use a tool, like we mentioned Meet Edgar, which we both love, that repurposes things. So if if it's evergreen content, then you can have it share and repost. So the the other thing that I'm doing in the first um, month of the Social Bee Academy is a 90-day blogging challenge. So this being the idea of producing 12 weeks of blog posts which can then be sliced and diced up into different bits of content. So at the end of the 90 days, you're sitting there and you've got this whole shelf of content that you can then use to market your business. So that's, um, that's the plan. You know, we we'll really hope to you know, keep people accountable and keep them on track with that because, you know, when you know that something works, it's getting uh, people, other people along with you to encourage them so that it works for them too. That's really the, the goal for me. Um, is to help these other people to to do it as well. Because when I go to a workshop and somebody says to me, I don't use Facebook, it's no point. And I just think, oh, you just, you just don't really know how to use it yet. And that's my job is to teach you how to use it. And hopefully you change your mind in two hours. <laughs> right, they're missing an opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And the same can probably be said for almost any platform. It's just identifying what, 
that opportunity is. Yes, I think so. And so I'm doing a workshop tomorrow night. One of the things I'm talking about is how there's different platforms really for different audiences. Um, and even if you're, so I, I would be quite active on LinkedIn as well. But like I said earlier, you know, that's, I'm talking more on LinkedIn about the work with corporate clients versus maybe the work with the solopreneurs that I'm talking to on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But you, know, you can still talk about similar, the similar topic and just word it in a slightly different way to appeal to those different audiences. That sounds like a really valuable course. I see a lot of people struggling with content all the time. So it seems like a a great way to invest in your business, but actually walk away with the content that's going to carry you through on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So that's why it's called an academy because I'm going to make them work. (laughs) Now, what about your kids? Do your kids have any entrepreneurial aspirations or do they help you at all in your business? Do they have entrepreneurial aspirations? I could, I could see that having a mum who has her own business would certainly make them think about that possibility when they are older. I'm actually going into the primary school to do, there's a thing in the UK called Young Enterprise, which is, I think it's a three-month program where you go in once a week uh, with a, a class of students and it's going to be 10-year-olds and sit with them and help them come up with a business idea. So it's all funded by the government, supported by the government. So there's funding there and it's teaching them how to come up with a product and how to package it and market it. And then we actually take it to market in a local shopping center and it's really taking them through the entire process. And so I'm really looking forward to doing that. And I had hoped that my, my middle son would have been in the group, but it's not, it's the year above him. He might get to do it next year with me. I don't know. If they're necessarily entrepreneurial at the moment. My middle son did help me put away his um, grandmother's Christmas decorations yesterday and got paid five pounds. He was quite keen on that. <laughs> that sounds like such a cool program in the schools. Mm. I'm going to have to do some research to see if there's anything like that here. Yeah, it's called Young Enterprise. So yeah, it's all just kicking off um, now after Christmas. It's my first year doing it and I'm really excited about it actually. I think that's great for kids to be exposed to and have that experience. And 10 is such a great age. My oldest daughter is 10 now. So they also do it then with senior kids. So about, I think about 15 and 16 year olds. And I've seen kids in those older groups actually come up with really amazing inventions that have then gone into. um, So locally in Northern Ireland, there's a thing called Invent, which is an annual competition for someone who has created a business or created a product. And the kids from one of the school groups were one of the finalists last year, which I just thought was amazing, you know, for this to be a program within school that any kid can do and for them to come up with. I can't remember what they invented, but it was something really cool uh, to get into the final of this you know, national competition that other business owners and entrepreneurs were in as well. So I thought that was really cool. That is. No, and I've heard that some of the schools are teaching more entrepreneurship type courses and classes here in the States, but... My kids personally haven't encountered them yet. Maybe when they get a bit older, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's great. You could go in there and start one up. (laughs) I know. I'm like, my wheels are turning. I think my husband will kill me if I tell him I have another good idea. (laughs) That's what we do, isn't it? (laughs) I see a problem and I'm going to fix it. Yes. Where can people find out more about your membership? Okay, so my membership is um, actually hosted on louisebrogan.com. But my main blog is on socialbni.com. And I have a a thing called a 30-day challenge, which is really for people 
who are struggling to come up with stuff to post on their social media. So when they sign up for that, they get 30 emails for 30 days with ideas for what to post on their social media accounts. Usually people do it on Facebook and I've had really fantastic reviews on that. So they can find that on socialbni.com forward slash 30 day challenge. But the Social Bee Academy is going to be on louisebrogan.com. That's great. And that challenge sounds brilliant. Yeah, no, I've had really brilliant feedback on it. I just created it last May because I was thinking, how am I going to grow my email list? And I thought, well, what is something that actually is going to really help people and show people that I know how to get engagement on your Facebook page? So it's been a massive success. I was only going to do it for one month and it was so successful. I just kept it going. So it runs, it runs constantly now. And where are you on social media? You mentioned you're on LinkedIn. Is that a good place for people to connect with you? I'm everywhere. <laughs> of course you're everywhere. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook as Social BNI. Um, my group's called The Social Beehive. And I'm on LinkedIn as Louise Brogan. And I'm on Pinterest as well, of course. I'm not, I'm not on Snapchat. So you can't find me there. (laughs) I just got a Snapchat account, but I haven't done anything with it yet. I can't quite. I think I'm just outside of that like target market. I'm too old. (laughs) It's been so interesting to hear about how you became a a social media guru and what you're doing is amazing. And I think it would be really helpful for a lot of our listeners. I mean, that 30 day challenge. I'm super involved in social media and I I think that's something I could benefit from. That's a great idea and I love the membership site. Yeah, brilliant. Maybe we'll see you in there. Maybe. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Oh, thank you, Meg. It's been a real pleasure. You'll find the show notes and links to all of the resources we mentioned, including a link to claim the free five-day Facebook course for beginners from Louise at megbrunson.com slash 15. Last week, Familypreneur featured Alyssa Truman. Alyssa always knew she wanted to be a mom, and she turned to direct sales as a way to bring in some extra money. 12 years later, she's still with the same direct sales company and has a ton of valuable tips, tricks, and advice surrounding balancing family and business. Whether you're a direct sales rep thinking of joining a direct sales company, or an entirely different type of entrepreneur altogether, Alyssa's interview provided a ton of value for all parent entrepreneurs. Next week, we'll meet Jaylene McGill. Jaylene is a mother of three. She has an undergraduate in organizational training and a master's in business. Jaylene has worked in the healthcare industry for more than 15 years and has spent the last five years supporting integrative health practitioners implement business and marketing growth strategies. On her blog, Grow Big and Stay Home, Jaylene helps mom entrepreneurs start and grow their health and wellness businesses. So if you could use some tips on organization, you won't want to miss what Jaylene has in store for us. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It only takes a moment, and let's be honest, it helps other parent entrepreneurs know how amazing this podcast really is. 